According to a new study, people's ears play tricks on them when they drink too much coffee. You know what makes me really sick to my stomach? Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Coffee and Psychosis, a podcast which has nothing to do with coffee, but everything to do with something. Uh, my name is John, I'm recording this little introduction under a duvet again, for sound quality purposes only of course. I just wanted to take a moment and thank everyone for listening, for sending me fun, weird, thought-provoking emails and all the kind words, all the iTunes reviews and support they've given the podcast. When I started this, if you'd have told me this, many people would find it valuable. Uh, I really wouldn't have cared that much. Uh, sounds bad, but full disclosure, this... It's mainly for me. It's mainly a self-indulgence, I'll be frank. It's an excuse for me to get to have conversations that I think are worth having in a way that no other space would kind of allow. Um, as I continue to try and get my head around this whole crazy thing, I find that useful. And if anyone else likes it, that's just a bonus. Uh, it's an extremely heartwarming one. Um, and if I had to be sincere, which anyone who knows me knows me, knows I have issues with, I honestly appreciate the shit out of all of you guys. Moving on swiftly, what do we have in store for this episode? Um, I talked to Freya on Brighton Beach, under the stars, taking in all the light pollution, the hideous sounds of dance music coming from the pier, another symptoms of fun um apologies for the annoying sound of the sea hope it's not too calming uh we didn't have time to mop it up anyway on with the show etc etc so in this little chat we talk about vampires another swine named steve and he really might be the pick of the bunch creaky stairs and watermelon slices and plenty more oh and if you missed last week's episode, watch the bloody film me and Luke made. The Luke who helped start this podcast. It's called Being Jesus. It's on YouTube. It's beyond Oscar worthy. Just Google cheeky being Jesus. Google cheeky being Jesus. And you'll find it. And be riveted. Okay, I'm done. Let's go. Do you want to tell us who you are? Um, in like, I don't know. How? <laughs> any, any way you'd like more, a, na can, a name can you introduce a me rather than me I can't I don't do any introductions oh okay um I know I, your I'm name Freya. is Freya yeah. yeah that's my name um I don't really know what to say about me really I'll I'm just, a I'm a human female I'm gonna be 30 soon which I think is quite exciting it's not I just turned 30 no? No. It's exciting if you like existential dreads. I live in existential dreads. No, I don't. You're going to have a great time. <laughs> I 
I don't know, I just I like the idea of being 30 because people think I'm so much younger than I am, like on the daily. So it'll just be like more of a double take when I'm like, ah, I'm 30 and they'll be like, no, not. You know, yeah, like that is not very long ago, I got kicked out of a bar, didn't I? Yes. Now you have to introduce Simon now. Oh, do they I? They didn't know he was here before, for fuck's sake. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, well, you have to introduce Simon, you're the host. Well, you're the one that brought him into it, so oh, I think sorry. you have to introduce him. This is Simon. Hi. You might know him from... Well, go on, you do it. <laughs> so this is a democratic podcast, for us, so you're going to have to share the load. Okay. Um, you might know Simon. You might, might recognise Simon's Simon voice from... from an earlier podcast called Learning to Swim. What episode number was it? I don't know. 12, right? It was 12. Yeah. I think it was. And it's quite interesting that his podcast is called Learning to Swim because we are currently on a beach. Oh, that's an incredible segue. Thanks. That was like broadcasting gold. Oh my god, thanks. You can't they wouldn't even <laughs> teach you that at the BBC. Oh, I'm a natural. So I know, there's a my favourite review of the podcast so far is from someone that said it's alright. My favourite bit is looking forward to hearing what John and his guests are drinking. That's, oh that's really sweet. Yeah, that's my favourite. And now would be a good time to tell them, I guess. Yeah, so with that in mind I've got water a small bottle of Rioja Rioja he's Spanish and uh, I've just finished a small can of Blossom Hill Spritz raspberry and blackcurrant flavour 5.5% volume and I'm drinking a massive fuck off bottle of Prosecco which is nice because so John bought it for me and it looks like it says Freya on the bottle that wasn't why I bought it before. People think I'm being creepy. <laughs> well, we'd already prearranged that this was going to be Prosecco and oh, Psychosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought Prosecco was a brand name. I didn't realise it was like a uh, standard of wine. No, well, actually, I think this is Carver. Yeah, it's Carver. So it's just like Spe- fake champagne. Speaking of Carver, how about we try and carve a way into this podcast? Oh, that's so good. So, the podcast is called Coffee and Psychosis, but it has nothing to do with coffee, which means it can only be about one thing. Prosecco! (laughs) (laughs) What's what's going on with this psychosis thing, Freya? What's going on? I had one. You had one? Yeah, I did. It wasn't very nice. What happened? Loads of things. Um, I think you should act as my psychosis spirit guide. Okay. And guide me through my when memories. When did you first start noticing that things had changed? Um, well, I've always been mental. Oh, yeah? Mm, yeah. I've always had problems with my brain. <laughs> yeah? Well, I don't know. Wherever you want to put it in the body, I guess. I've always had mental health problems. I think when I was younger, I was just like told all the time that I was really sensitive you know like you're just too sensitive that kind of you know that bollocks (laughs) um but I think like the first time I went to a doctor or anything about it I was like 
uh, when I had my first breakdown, which was age 19, my first year of uni. And I got given some drugs and I took some time off. And who gave you the drugs? Or a doctor a or doctor. your uni friends? Oh, okay. No, <laughs> I actually didn't try like any fun drugs until after uni, actually. Oh, I thought you were going to say right now. Until for right this minute with this <laughs> Prosecco, no. Um, apart from like drinking, but I didn't even really drink that much until uni, really. So when did the Quite psychosis sensible. happen? Um, it kind of happened in stages. Yeah. So maybe I should give like a bit of a background Go into like what I was doing at the time and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so my psychosis was diagnosed as so my psychosis was diagnosed by uh, the psychiatrist when I went to hospital as being like stress-induced transient psychosis. Shit, I've never even heard of that. Haven't you? No. Oh, okay. So uh, they didn't think I had like a psychotic illness. I, I don't know if they were just like trying to fob me off or they d- Well, they whatever. didn't think it was a symptom of schizophrenia. <laughs> no, they didn't. Like they didn't yeah, think okay. it was that. But I didn't really even really understand what psychosis meant or started conceptualising that way until after I got out of hospital. And when you were at this hospital, what was it? Like a psychiatric hospital? Yeah, yeah. but this comes later. So what I was saying before is, do you want me to kind of contextualise yeah. what was going on in my life? Like Try when I started getting... So. Sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> it, they, they are d- relaxing. Yeah, they're really relaxing. It's very, as I said, ASMR. <laughs> you all right? Just casually yeah, dying over there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've got a tickly cough. Oh, a tickly one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably don't want to drink something bubbly then. Maybe you should get onto the red wine. It might soothe your throat. <laughs> Commercial break. <laughs> should I play some music over there? By the way, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, just, I actually wanted to say something because maybe people who are listening and maybe yourself might have heard the, like, uh, waiting music whenever you ring any NHS doctors. What music is it? And it has like in the background. And like I've I swear, like it's it's when it's the the waiting tone when I ring the doctor here. And also um I've just been back to my hometown because I went to a funeral and we had to ring the doctor several times then um for other reasons. And it had the same weight in tone and like everyone in my family and me were discussing it and saying it sounded a bit like porno music because <laughs> it's got this like chicka 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 in yeah. the background that chicka chicka is a bit of a porno mm. porno thing not that I'd know no <laughs> obviously well I don't know what other kind of videos you make on in your in your nice. career nice <laughs> I respect that joke <laughs> thanks so before I interrupted you about the stones, you're going to say what was happening when I went yeah. proper mental. You're going to set the scene. Yeah, so I've had like a couple of what I would call breakdowns in the past, but I'd never like went psycho. It was just like really bad depression or really bad anxiety, you know. Yeah. But um like a cro- like a crisis or like Yeah, I guess stir. so. And I'd never really like um you know, it wasn't like fully in there with services and stuff. 
Um, what what's different about like my them? story? No, no, no. Just like I'd never really like accessed them. Okay. Um, but what's different about my story compared to other people's that you've like interviewed and stuff is a lot of other people seem to have been like kind of running away from services, whereas I was like, "Help me! Yeah. <laughs> Please help me!" And no one helped. So like. I like wanted to go to hospital and they wouldn't take me to hospital. Whereas a lot of people that you've spoken to have been like, I don't want to go to hospital. But yeah. I was like, I really need to go to hospital. The grass is always greener. Effect. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but I really did need to go to hospital and they wouldn't take me to hospital. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. You, you want to try and be like, nah, don't take me. Don't take me. <laughs> and then they would yeah. take me away. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember that for next time yeah. I have a psychosis. That's a good tip. <laughs> I learned it from the psychologist. It's just that reverse psychology thing. But anyway, ah, clever, clever. I'm just going to take a sip of the Prosecco. All right, I'll just play the NHS porno music. <laughs> in, in my former life, before I went crazy and totally ruined my life, um, which is on the up now, uh, I don't, I don't want to sound too dire, um, Sound as dire as you want. <laughs> it was pretty dire, but... People are going to judge you in all sorts of ways on probably, this, probably. I right? mean... I, just fuck them. I pretty much, like, actually ruined my life by yeah. having a psychosis. Like, it was pretty public and stuff. Um, anyway, so, in my, in my old life, I was living in London. I was trying to start a lingerie brand. I was also trying to work on some other sort of, like, personal art, artistic projects, like performance pieces. Whilst also trying to work freelance and also working a part-time job. Sounds stressful. So it was very stressful. I had not very much money at all. I had a series of like shitty house share situations. And then I moved into a house share, which for a while was literally the best house share in the world. And we even had a theme tune and it went... A theme tune? Yeah, it went best house share in the world like that like it actually had a theme tune and everything did it carry we on had or a was dog that? no it went really bad like very south no i mean the theme tune oh no it just went like that that's like a that's more like a, a jingle more yeah i guess so it's more it's of a jingle isn't it tunes longer surely is it i guess what so. do you think simon is a tune longer than a jingle he's got a toffee in his mouth isn't <laughs> he's, he's a dirty old man <laughs> he can't yeah, speak for toffee. a jingle i think yeah, so, um, that, yeah, that went, so downhill. that went downhill. Also, my physical health was like doing kind of batshit stuff. So, I was working as many things to bring in the, the bacon. You know, the bacon, although I am vegetarian. Vegetarian bacon, bacon. <laughs> bacon, or, uh, I can't think of an equivalent. So yeah, bringing home the Bread. bacon. Um, yeah, as one of the jobs I was doing, I was uh, working as an artist model. Which what, like the live painting yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I did it quite a lot. That's quite hard work, isn't it? It's really hard yeah. work. It's very physical. Um, and uh, <laughs> when I was doing standing poses, so, you know, standing up in positions for various amounts of time uh i started fainting quite a lot uh just like blacking out there's a couple of 
quite funny stories that I just make the podcast about funny things that happened when I was life modelling with that second hole. Coffee and life modelling. Coffee and life modelling. Sounds I like a much more that. respectable podcast. <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised. There are some stories I've, I've heard. I have some stories actually, a bit like slightly me too to do with life modelling. But anyway, again, total side note. Um, so I guess like fainting quite a lot. I was getting like ridiculously bad fatigue. Um, but at the time, I just put it down to the fact that I was really down. Um, my like depression was getting really, really, really bad. Uh, like money situation had been really bad for years. Like pretty bad. Like sometimes I wasn't eating like at all. Because um, you were poor or? Because I had no money. Yeah. And it was like very much like feast and famine. Like at the time. So um, one night you'd dine like a king and then... Kind of, the yeah. Like, like I've got stories of that time in my life when, um, I don't know, like one day I'd be at like London Fashion Week and the next day I'd be like not have any food and be like crying in bed. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but they got loads of food at that fucking... London Fashion yeah, Week. Yeah, as well. Oh, I don't know. Like, oh my God, once when I was um, doing some fashion styling work, you know how like the, the typical like stereotype of like models is oh no they don't eat anything they just eat like tissue paper like ballerinas or something well i went off to go get some extra stuff and the models ate my lunch <laughs> so between them though like this like no there's one one model oh, ate okay. my lunch i was going to say if it was like one person's lunch spread around 20 models no like the stories one, are true one model oh, okay. ate my lunch and her lunch too what? <laughs> well, that so, changes yeah. everything. No, in, inside scoop. So no. what, what? What is there like a a climax moment? Uh, or? It's it's getting there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the general sort of. It's like a bubbling part. How of, long did that go on for? Oh, that was like the whole time I was in London. But like, was that like a year, ten years? Oh, years. I don't even know. A long time. Couple but, of years. Uh, yeah. Let's let's call it that. Um, but. Yeah, this particular climax was like, I thought everything was going to be okay. And I was like, clinging on and everything was kind of going to be okay. And then it all went bad. And then uh, the first weird thing that happened is a friend of mine who I was working on, a who I still am working on a personal project with, uh, she also does like tours around London. You know, like... Ghost tours? Uh, that type of thing here's where Jack the Ripper <laughs> that's that kind of thing but with like actors and yeah. stuff yeah she does really cool things and she does many many things as do most of my friends who live in London because you have to do that if you're an artist but um, and you're not supported by anyone but she, yeah so she was doing this tour and I went to go uh, fly with her and on a plane <laughs> no flying oh okay that's why I got to ask these questions. <laughs> I went flying with her. And I, at the time, just thought that I was really happy and really, like, uh, just feeling really confident. But mm. in retrospect, I definitely was manic. Is that because you realised that you were just polluting the environment? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> That's what I, I've, I think I've said, I said to someone recently that... Flying is really silly. I wouldn't do it. I've never been as happy since I was crazy. 
to be honest, I think like most of my psychosis was very nightmarish, as yeah. as you'll hear. But there were points when it it was. But at the start, I think more yeah, for me, it's like this was and that's how start. people didn't notice because they just thought, oh, John's happy or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. But yeah. I heard, like in retrospect, my friend uh, apparently said to her other friend who was also flying, like, "Is Freya on pills?" And like, I never really do pills. What kind of pills though? It's a lot of these. Oh, I don't know. I mean, like, like ease, an, ease, ease. Or, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, there's a, you know, they make them into like little shapes and call them names. Yeah. And there's like a Donald Trump one and stuff. Is there really? <laughs> what what would that it's supposedly do to you? I wouldn't even like to imagine. But I guess carry on. when people are on. <laughs> Pills, though, sometimes they do act a bit like that, don't they? Like Loving? No, a bit, like, egotistical. <laughs> Depends what's in the pills. So. Mm. That's why I'd always recommend to go with the purest drugs yeah, you can I mean, find. <laughs> you would want to do that ideally, wouldn't you? But, you know, street drugs aren't really like that. Nah, don't buy your drugs on the street. Anyway, so, they just thought that I'd was on pills for some reason in the afternoon <laughs> flyering which is not really in my character but did they like accuse you or no this no. is my friend who i'm still friends with she's okay. a collaborator um she <laughs> she just said afterwards recently like very recently i was like oh we just thought you were on pills but i was really manic it was really crazy because i not normally the kind of person who i don't know i don't like go out on the pool or whatever you're not outgoing well sometimes i don't know i'm a bit of a paradox person you mean i don't know don't ask me anything that tries to make me define myself this is what i'm trying to work out that's why it's always hard to like introduce (laughs) people that's why i don't do it (laughs) but okay so one thing a lot of people say about mania isn't it is that you well i guess hypermania is you kind of like you just attract people, even if you're not like you're trying of, to. You've got like a charisma about it. Yeah, but it yeah. was like I was like that, and sometimes I've have been like that in the past. But I think maybe I've just had manias in the past. But um, like literally, I was flying, and there were just like these like loads of men were just like literally just like wanted wanted me and that never happens never ever happens they wanted you yeah like there was these like guys practically like eating out of my hand do you know what i mean and i wasn't like deliberately flirting with them and then like after we got rid of all the flyers me and my friend we went to the pub and i ended up pulling this australian ambulance driver and going home with him and i was like being really horrible about his house like <laughs> but like in a witty way so and, like, liked it was it. just really out of yeah, I did really like oh. it, actually. So <laughs> um, good then. But, like, I remember, like, the next day getting in the lift, like, down from his flat or whatever and getting really freaked out at my reflection, like, because mm. it didn't look like me. Oh. And this this is something that happened quite a lot. Like, I have... I do still and have in the past had issues with body dysmorphia and, you know, that sometimes... That can include kind of like having a sort of weird relationship with what you see in the mirror. And like sometimes that can be stuff like your face or your body will kind of morph depending where you are. So if you look in 
look in a mirror, say in a horrible, brightly lit changing room, like you look like literally twice as big as you would at home or something like that. Like that's quite like a common thing with body dysmorphia, but this was kind of creepier. Like it was like I didn't recognize my face. Or like one of those circus mirrors or? Sort of, yeah. yeah. So that wasn't very nice. What do you mean like you'd kind of, you didn't recognize yourself or what you disassociated in some way? It was a little bit dissociative. It was a little bit like looking at a stranger. It was a little bit like, being disgusted at my face a little bit like looking at straight it was very weird it was a horrible experience is that like a, f- a split second thing or like a for as long as it, i was in the in elevator and i was like ah! and this oh. guy had like there's out someone else in the lift down. yeah this oh. guy ambulance man um the australian yeah okay um and weirdly, he did like actually like text me a bit afterwards, and I was like really confused because I was acting like a proper psycho. But <laughs> what does that? Well, I what was just that? like I did actually kind of freak out in the elevator. I was like, oh, I don't want to look at my face or something. I don't know. But anyway, I, I fucking hate mirrors. I, I hate mirrors too. But that's why I grew a beard. What? So you couldn't see half your face? Yeah, if I could grow a beard all over my face, I would. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's really tickled to me. Who wasn't? <laughs> Just the thought of like you completely hairy is really funny. That was the first inkling. Like that was more weird than I felt in the past. If yeah, that makes sense. It came as like a shock a new revelation kind of but I just thought that I was I don't know like I decided by this point sorry I didn't say this before and um, I decided I was going to leave London I was going to spend some time at my uh, family's house which is like quite a big decision because I don't really like being there very much for various reasons and um, but I <laughs> I guess this is like symptomatic of mania as well I had like all these like grand ideas of how I was like very quickly gonna like fix my life kind of thing so I thought maybe I was like just really happy that I'd made this decision and I was like nope this is the right thing to do do you know what I mean and I was kind of celebrating that or something I don't know I was yeah. I was mentally ill at the time like with how a lot you know of depression that, that's not just like you drank too much coffee mania mm, I felt different like, yeah, I could, yeah, like, that, even, like a buzz or what how, describe it to me I don't know, how do you describe me here? Yeah, like, euphoric but scary euphoric. Like, it doesn't feel natural. Yeah. So, then the big, a big scare, well, one of the big scary things happened. So, I was in my room and the situation with my housemates was a bit shit and I was kind of, um... I was in my room and a girl was there, I think, that I really didn't like and I felt very uncomfortable and so when I was in the house, I just, at this at the end of being this house share, I just kind of spent the time that I was in the house in my room and I made sure that I, like, I was working a lot and I was doing a lot of things, so I was always out of the house otherwise. Oh, did you kind of like hole up in your bedroom and wouldn't Well not all out? the time just like when, you were in the house. when I was in the house yeah. which wasn't very often at that point because oh, okay. I just was making sure I was being social and 
Um, you were out there socialising. Yeah and, yeah, and I was working a lot as well. And then if I wasn't Probably working... Probably weren't getting a good night's sleep. No, it was the opposite. So I had like extreme much? fatigue and I have this problem now, um, which I now know is part of the physical condition which I later got diagnosed, which comes up in the story. What's your number? Sleep. What? What's your number? Oh, like I average like 10, 12, 13 hours Ooh. a night, every night. Really? Yeah. It, he, can, he can prove it. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It is. Um, yeah, so I was either sleeping or crying <laughs> or, I don't know, with my friends or working. This was, I don't know, the month, the last month I was in London. So I'd come home. I think I was like, I was going to bed quite early. I was quite tired. I was feeling very relaxed. I wasn't feeling depressed. I wasn't feeling anxious. But this is when you came home to your flat in London, not you went home, home. I was still in London yeah, at this okay. point. So I'm describing the so scary, a scary thing that happened yeah. at the beginning. Mm. So there was the manic flyering pixie dream girl. And then there was the, this that I'm describing, mm -hmm. which were the first scary things yeah, that happened yeah. so i was feeling chill i was at home but i was shut up in my room and um, i had no money so i had no money for like painkillers or anything like that um so i started to get this really strange headache which i, I get them like fairly often now and i recognize them and um, it feels like sunstroke or extreme dehydration and no matter how much water you drink it won't go away so that was the first thing that happened and it was so painful but not painful like a throbbing headache like it felt like my brain was shriveling up to be a raisin does that make sense can you picture that feeling yeah i'm tempted to say that that sounds good <laughs> <laughs> it was really horrible so that started no, I, happening I <laughs> and then i started shaking yeah. like or you like properly shaking. Yeah. Well, like having a fit? I don't know. And right. still I haven't had a doctor tell me what happened. It gets worse. So I started shaking and I went to look for painkillers and I didn't have any. And then I looked at my phone because I wanted to ring NHS 111 to see what they thought was wrong with me to see if I should go to A&E. And the light from the phone literally repelled me. So I've never had a migraine and the way people, like my brother had horrible migraines when he was younger, so I know what a migraine is, is from other people talking about it. And it wasn't like the light hurt me. It didn't make my headache worse. It was literally like I was a vampire. Like looking at light just made me go, Shh. do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, get it away from me. It was like massive hypervigilance to sensory stuff. So the light on my phone was like... Those are some big words for me. <laughs> I'm hoping the audience gets that, so carry on. Um, you know, like hypersensitivity. I don't know what hyper, super, ultra, mega, oh. I don't know what these <laughs> Omega. Words, words. I don't know. Sorry. I know one's supposed to be more dramatic than the other, but I don't know what that Hyper is. is more and hypo is less, if that helps. They need to come up with some sort of a rhyme to... <laughs> Maybe I should make one. A jingle. Uh, but not now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you're in the vampire moment. 
Yeah, so yeah. I couldn't call 111 because the light from my phone was so, like, repulsive to me. Um, so I had to turn my phone over and call 111. And I was whilst I was talking to him on the phone, then I started getting, like, really massive hot flushes and then being freezing. And then huge hot flushes and then being freezing and my shaking was literally like you know you've had loads of coffees and you're like you're like this that your hands are actually like you know but it was my whole body and they told me that i needed to go to a doctor as soon as possible um and to call back if it got worse anyway there was a girl staying at our flat it's it's very complicated, but she was still on just like, say it, good say, terms Tell her with like me. it is, Freya. Tell her she's not going to listen. What, tell <laughs> well, her. Well, she might. I don't know. Tell her. Uh, yeah. So use the she, word you want to use. Go on. Well, she was. Uh, she was like on on okay terms with me at the time, and so she went. She obviously like overheard that I was on the phone to NHS one one one. And she'd heard me say that I didn't have any painkillers. So she brought me some, like, paracetamol or ibuprofen or something like that, oh, you know, okay. just, like, oh, that's nice. normal painkillers. But it didn't help. Yeah. And I was drinking so much water, but, like, the pain wouldn't go away, even though it felt like sunstroke or, like, dehydration. Um, then uh, the only thing I could do to make the pain, like, subside slightly, it sounds really weird, was, like, you know, if you go into a headstand, like a yo- yoga don't. position. I'm, I'm sure someone listened to this film. <laughs> you know so I don't. You'd, you'd put like, just imagine trying to do a headstand. You'd put the weight on the top of your head, wouldn't you? Oh, okay, so, like so all imagine the blood like is putting rushing the weight head. on the top of your head, yeah. but then like stretching your head forward. So the Ting- muscle. Tingly? Mm, Throbbing? No, no, no. Just, 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 just bear with me. <laughs> so imagine like putting weight on your head and then stretching your head down like that. I know no one can see me. But so, like, the muscle at the back of your neck is, like, is tense. You know, you're, like, pulling it. So I was basically, like, contorting myself and rocking back and forwards, and that's the only thing that would make this pain kind of subside. Like, I literally must have looked like, you know, those Victorian pictures of women with hysteria and all those weird positions. Like, that's literally what, what was happening to me. Send me those pictures. Uh, I will. It's very interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was doing that for hours and I rang like NHS one more on back because I was still in loads of pain. This went on like all night. Why didn't you just go na na na? Because I don't know, like <laughs> I maybe would would do that. I just burped into the microphone. It's all the Prosecco. It's um, not a very ladylike, is it? Um, so... Yeah, but then I must have passed out because they said that they were going to get a doctor to ring me back. And I woke up the next day and I was literally on, on cloud nine. It was so weird. What, it's right? like Cloud nine's good, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I woke up completely euphoric and absolutely out of my body. It was so weird. Good? We- just, just, like just weird. weird. Like unnatural euphoria. Um, it was like I'd taken drugs, but I hadn't. Hmm. I don't know which drugs, but <laughs> it was not. It was not my normal what, euphoria. What's, what's this euphoria? To because uh, okay. So when I like it was a bright sunny day, and everything was. Have you ever had a lucid dream? Nah, I don't have any dreams. Really? Yeah, I haven't had a dream for like ten years. <laughs> I haven't had a dream for ten years. <laughs> no. No. I don't, um, I, I okay. I can't listen to the Smiths. 
Sorry. The guitar's good, but I can't be dealing with that guy. Aww. <laughs> I don't know. I quite like the Smiths. Bless them. I don't know. Like, well, like, when I've had lucid dreams, or if anyone else has This had is like when dreams, you can control your dream or something. Yeah, like, but, yeah. like, everything's hyper real. There we go again with my hyper. Um, it's like colours are really bright, sounds are really crisp. Um, everything's a bit sparkly not literally sparkly but you know like everything's just a bit more than normal up to 11 yeah like they're just you know like you like your Instagram filter and life is just like turned up the saturation a bit the vivid, and the vivid filter I don't use that one I don't use any of them but oh, I don't need I, I, don't I, I, I love a bit of Juno on my photos and Instagram yeah I usually start with that and then, yeah, anyway. Careful, careful. You're giving away secrets. It's not, so it's not coffee and Instagram, is secrets. it? <laughs> what if my Instagram that has like 200 followers or something? <laughs> it's the, the quality, not the quantity. That is true. It's my like visual diary. I don't really use it as like a, that type of thing. You but could have like thousands of followers. They could all just be bots though. That is true. I'm going to put my jumper on just BRB. Next day was the first time I hallucinated, knowingly. I think I've hallucinated when I was a child. Do you <laughs> think back, is that the, the mirror, is that, like, that's different to hallucination? Or? I think so. Yeah. I don't know, though. <laughs> Loads of people hear voices and they just think it's normal, don't they? So, I don't know, maybe I'm hallucinating all the time. Everyone's hallucinating, though, according yeah. to that guy, what's he called? The really amazing one. He... Simon? Amir, what's he called? Anil, Anil Seth. Anil Seth, yeah, I love him. Yeah, he he explained that we're all hallucinating all the time. Yeah, that is like what perception is. Mm. So, yeah. And our eyes are like flipping everything upside down and back mm. to front, aren't they? So. What's going on over there? By the time I see it, it's already changed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For anyone who's not Don't think here, about that too much, though. There's Try not to think about it too much. In the horizon. Exactly. Don't even, don't, and don't look up if you're outside and it's dark. Do or not down. Look up. Don't look down. Yeah, that's a classic advice. That's isn't how you it? don't, don't tread in down. shit. I don't know. You've got to look down. Yeah, but not <laughs> if you're climbing something or. Oh, yeah, no. Tightrope walking. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. I don't know. You're like Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. I was, yeah. I was trying to be funny, but um, you're much funnier than me. I'm just slow. <laughs> You just uh, I'm also slow, so between the two of us, we're just not going to get each other's jokes, are we? The big H, then. <laughs> okay, so I had some stuff to do that I needed to get in central London, and then I was going to King's College, thank fuck, later that day anyway, because I was part of a clinical trial. But if I hadn't been going to the hospital that day, I don't know what would have happened to me, because I was tripping balls. Yeah, with a Z. With a Z. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and what what kind of stuff, if you don't mind me asking? I'll explain what happened during the day in a few little bullet points, right? All right. Because loads of crazy shit did actually happen. Like, it actually did happen. But I only found out afterwards that it actually happened. So, this is the day that I actually met my hero, hallucinated a ghost, and ended up in A&E with my friend who thought I had malaria. And this is when it all gets really crazy. So, woke up, had to go into town to do some stuff. 
and then I was going to uh, an appointment at King's College because I was part of the LQD trial. Do you know about that? No. Cool. You know I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are like so anti-academia, aren't you? And I don't understand. Nah. Because it's not all like psychiatrists in white coats being like, whoa, 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 schizophrenia. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> There's some like... I've like, never said that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never said anything well, like that. You've implied it, like, every time that I mention anything that's... What the fuck is that like? They're taking pictures, I reckon. But it's really They know this is the hottest podcast. Ever. Hmm. For anyone who's not watching us as we're recording this, there's this bright light that's flashing in a distance. There's actually a number of bright lights flashing in a distance. As we... I'm not sure if we'd explain, sat on the beach at night looking at Brighton Pier. Brighton Pier is to the right of us. And we're not, we're kind of sat in a sort of horseshoe circle. Mm. So if we're not looking at the pier, we can't see it. So when there's like flashes of light, it is a bit disorientating, isn't it? Yeah, and all the light pollution as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's when you want, that's when you want the <laughs> in the mind, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting good. Yeah. I can it's use good. it for comedic effect now. Right, so let's go back to central London. So... The only way I can describe what I might have looked like to people is like a fairy on acid. So I was like what? sort of Were flouncing you? around central London trying to do practical things. Okay. You weren't dressed like Tinkerbell or anything? Well, I dressed like Tinkerbell anyway. Okay. <laughs> I guess she's not that extravagantly dressed. No, it's I just don't the wings. dress like Tinkerbell. But a few people have described me as... You know, just the kind of way you're walking. Kind of girly and a bit fairy-like sometimes, you know. Um. So let me think. Bullet points. So my phone was fucking up for some reason. It's really weird because my phone was dying as my brain was dying, so that made things difficult. But I also had my laptop on me. So first weird thing to happen whilst I was like in this weird, <laughs> manic, euphoric state, is I bumped into a lady that I used to be friends with called, let's, because she comes up, like, people's, people come in and out, because I'll have to talk about my past and stuff, so I'm going to give her a pseudonym. So let's call this lady... Frank. Theodora. Whoa, so many syllables, but go for it. Because <laughs> it kind of makes sense as to what her real name is. Oh, that, well that, that's not what a pseudonym's supposed no, to be. No, <laughs> it doesn't sound like it, but it's the same type okay, of name. But if you know, you'll know. No, you wouldn't. Okay, you actually right. wouldn't at all. I don't, I don't mind. I'm just, so just for your... I used to be a nanny when I first moved to London. Like a live-in nanny, and it was well exploitative. Like fucking Mary Poppins and yeah, shit. Like yeah. It's, oh, there's so much like Victorian stuff. Was it shit? It was shit. Oh, okay. It was shit. Like, there was some really good good stuff, but, like, I would never, ever let my daughter, like, if I had a daughter, do what I did because it was so exploitative. But anyway, so I bumped into this lady who her children played with one of the kids I looked after and she saved me in, a, a, like, a bunch of scrapes in the past. And we became, like, you know, like, 
mum friends at the gate, you know, and we did like yoga class together and stuff. And I bumped into her and I was like talking to her like at a million miles an hour and I had all these ideas about how I was gonna like, I don't know, like start a blog and expose all these people who were exploiting like yeah. young artists and blah, 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 blah. And she was humoring me and stuff, but I think she must have known that there was something going on with me because I was like, blah, 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 You I'd know, read that and shit, like, hmm? I'd read that shit. Yeah, maybe I will. <laughs> maybe I will one day when I'm not so depressed, but, you know, <laughs> and have my life together, but. Well, you, did you notice at a time that she kind of reacted like. Not at the time, this is in retrospect and knowing how people described how I was acting. I didn't think I was being weird. I just felt very out of touch with reality. Like, I I was what you would describe as dissociative. Like, you know, people are like, oh, like, feel out of bit, out of body, a bit like out of reality, a bit like you're watching yourself, a bit like things are far do you know what I mean I was like very dissociative Um, and like weird and euphoric and manic and all that lovely stuff (laughs) so I saw her which was strange because I hadn't seen her in ages and you know how when you're psychotic everything links together and everything's for a reason that was one of the things that kind of started it then I went to go to this phone shop to try and fix my phone because it wasn't turning on and being really strange and I literally saw do you know who Esther Perel is oh my god do an impression of Esther Perel come on Simon I'm not gonna nail that yeah you are yeah you are come on come on what does she even talk about <laughs> what even is that I am enjoying Simon's role in the podcast. Esther Perel. I can't do it. But she's like Belgian. She's a sexologist and a psychologist. A sexologist? Sexologist. Oh, shit. (laughs) I thought that was like someone who's just really good at being shit. It sucks the phone. What? Like a sexologist. Like they suck. (laughs) But they know everything about sucking. The study of being shit. (laughs) Yeah. That should be a fucking thing. I think I'd probably be really good at that. I've got all the qualifications. Um, no, so this lady, Esther Perel, she's like my she hero. Like, she's fam- is she famous? She's she? pretty famous. Oh, okay. So like, people will know who she is. Uh, if you're into that kind of thing, like if you're into... Did I miss what the kind of thing was? So she's a sexologist. Oh, shit. Yeah, she yeah, talks that's why I a lot it, yeah. about like okay. relationships and okay. uh, she's got, she wrote a really famous book about affairs. And at the time, one of the projects which I was working on, which I'm no longer working on because the person who I was working on it with kind of disowned me when I went crazy. Uh, what a bitch. I'll say yeah. it. <laughs> what a bitch. She also, I taught her... Or a dick. She's a to girl. To not be too gender specific with and my answers. And she definitely identifies as a girl. I don't know. She maybe didn't understand what was happening to me. You know? I didn't tried, understand though. what was happening to me. She could so. have tried. Don't need to understand to be there. Anyway, I don't know why I even mentioned her or this. Where was I? Oh, my God. The day. Yeah, but there was... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I had showed this girl who I was working on this project with, Esther Perel, because some of the stuff she talks about is really relevant to themes that we wanted to discuss in this performance piece, right? So... And she's also like my hero. She's just the coolest woman ever, in my opinion. And I was going into this, this phone shop 
And I was like, oh my fuck, it's Esther Perel. She broken her phone too? No, she was just walking down the street oh, right. in cent- central London. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh my God. And I'm not a starstruck person. Like, I don't really care about famous people. And I know that everyone shits and pisses and has to vomit sometimes. And, you know, I'm not like one of those people that gets like ah, fangirly about people. But I was like, oh my God, I just saw Theodora. And now I've seen Esther Perel. It's like the planets are aligning or something. You know, like how you get when you're crazy. Um, I mean, it is central London. Like you do see famous people. It's not really like that out of reality you know so I stopped her and I was like oh my god I'm really sorry I think I'm having some kind of weird episode and I was like talking like really quickly and I was like please 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 can I take a selfie with you (laughs) and my phone was breaking I wouldn't turn on and I was like I'm really sorry I'm gonna go in the shop I'm gonna sort out my phone and I'm gonna come back and I need to take a selfie with you and she was really sweet and she waited and I came back and I was like, I'm really sorry, my phone is totally broken, I need to take it into a shop properly. She's like, oh, it's okay, I'll take a selfie of, of us and I'll, I'll text it to you. So, my fucking hero... So you got your, her fucking number, boom. Texted it to me, <laughs> but, right, this, this comes up later, so this park that, park that, park it, park it right there. Um, yeah, so to cut a very long story short, I was trying to sort out my phone. I couldn't because my hands and feet and whatever was not working. My brain was not working. I was trying to get help in different shops, but I probably wasn't making any sense. And I started crying and I was... Then I realised that I needed to get... Because I'd left myself enough time to get like a taxi to King's College Hospital. But then my phone wasn't working, so I couldn't use the Uber app. And I was just like, oh, I don't know what to do. So I ended up in this crazy state, trying to order an Uber off my laptop. (laughs) And then I managed to get in touch with the research assistant and they said that they'd send me a taxi, but then I couldn't find it because it was like literally in the middle of central London. There's loads of taxis. I had a huge, massive panic attack, holding an expensive MacBook in my hand, crying in the middle of central London, like on my own as a woman, do you know what I mean? It was fucking terrifying. And I was crying and crying and crying and crying. And then this lady came along who looked like Bjork. Like she literally looked like Bjork. I could probably name her. Bjork? <laughs> well, she's yeah, not actually Bjork, her. but she. it turns out that she was this artist called Yulia. And she was honestly the most beautiful woman I've seen in my life. It was like a guardian angel. She just like was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I think I'm having a panic attack. I need to get to the hospital. <laughs> Bless her. I was like jabbering away, like probably talking about rubbish. She managed to get me and all my shit that I was carrying around, like into my bag and stuff. And like got me to, I think it was actually the British Museum. Weirdly, we were talking about the British Museum earlier. Yeah, I think it was the British Museum. She managed to get me there so that I could get a taxi so she could get me an Uber. Um. And I was like crying so much I had to keep stopping and like curling up in a ball because like um, the same thing that happened the night before started happening where light was like really, really, really bright, like so much that my body couldn't stand it. And it got to the point where I just like couldn't stand up and I was curled up in a ball 
and like some guys were like coming out of like the nearby offices to come and see if I was okay and oh, stuff. Was st- on the street? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I was fucking terrified. It was really scary. And in the end, she said that she would get an Uber with me to King's College Hospital, and she paid for it and everything. Bless her. Like I was trying to give her money, and she wouldn't take it off me. Um. And the, the Uber came and I'd been curled up in a ball with like my head down because I couldn't like look at all the light that was around me from being outside. And I stood up really tentatively and I can remember looking in the window of the Uber and seeing a ghost in the front seat. A ghost? And I was terrified. What kind of, what, what did a ghost look like? So I only thought was it, it was a ghost for a couple of minutes. That's a long time, no? Well, maybe even wasn't a couple, I don't know, because it was like time stood still. I don't know how long it was, but I was like stood there and I was staring in the window and there was this like, um, like a cushion that looked like it was shaped like a slice of a watermelon. And the way that the light was coming through the window made it look like there was somehow I saw the figure of a naked woman a see-through naked woman sat in the front of the taxi in the front seat and I was so scared I was like petrified like couldn't move stuck to the spot and I remember being like there's someone in there who is that who's that lady and then all of a sudden she wasn't there and I realized that I'd, I'd seen something and it wasn't real so that was the first time that's ever happened and I've known you kind of recognize it right then and there yeah oh. Um, but it was really scary because I was having a panic attack as well at the same time. I was like crying and I couldn't breathe. So we got in the taxi and I managed to get to King's College Hospital. So I just want to rewind a little bit. You know, I was talking about I was having weird physical health symptoms like fainting, extreme fatigue. There's... There'd been a lot more other weird things that happened. Oh my god! I just burped into the microphone. This is so embarrassing. Like, you kind <laughs> of the burping you can barely hear. The plosives though, the plosives are I'm way so more offensive sorry. to everyone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just gonna have more prosecco. One second. Yeah. So just to rewind, so some of the stuff at the hospital makes more sense. Um. So some other weird physical things had happened to me over the past two years before, like, leading up to this point, uh, during high stress periods when I had not very much money, was, like, barely making ends meet, was very stressed, lots of anxiety, lots of depression. Um, So I was having all these, like, inflammatory reactions. And at the time, I didn't know what the hell was happening, but now I have a bit more of an idea so for example once when I was looking after a baby which is something I did for a little while part-time when I was working in a studio because the lady whose studio I worked in she had a baby right so I was doing that for extra money I'd taken him to the park and after about like 10 minutes of being sat down with him sleeping I thought I was just like a bit itchy from hay fever and my left eye swelled up and I literally like Quasimodo and I had to get the baby back and then get to Amy and have steroids and my eye was like that for ages. Don't inject your eye with steroids? No, I had steroid tablets. Oh. Um, (laughs) But it was really painful, really scary. 
Um, yeah, and that that's was why they fun. took you to the hospital. This is why. No, you're no, supposed no, to no. This to is just rewind, rewind. Just, yeah, just yeah, yeah. this is this is context. I thought you were rewinding to come back. No, oh. I was going to the hospital the day that I had a hallucination. Yeah, yeah. To go be part, like as one of the meetings of the LQD study that I was in. Okay. But before I tell you what happened at the hospital when I arrived, yeah. having a panic attack and hallucinating, I just wanted to explain some stuff so that when I talk about what happened okay. there, it, it makes Good. more sense. Good. So, yeah, so I'd had these, like, this, my eyes swelled up, and at two times my throat closed up, my ear canal had closed up, my sinuses closed up, every time I had to have steroids. And I know now it's because I might have a comorbid condition which goes along with my hypermobility spectrum disorder called mast cell activation syndrome, which means that your mast cells attack you because they think that you've got an infection when you don't, you're just stressed. So it's like an autonomic nervous system dysfunction. Does that make sense? I'll listen to this again, so it will then. Okay. <laughs> it's still not completely making sense to me. Either it's it, research it if you're interested. So there was... Basically, lots of weird physical stuff happening to me more and more as my mental health was getting shitter and my stress levels were higher. And a few people had mentioned to me about Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which is a collagen disorder. And one of the types is hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome which I would have been diagnosed with had someone in my immediate family been given that diagnosis because it's hereditary. But because no one in my immediate family has been given that diagnosis, I've been diagnosed as having hypermobility spectrum disorder, which is like Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, but I wasn't diagnosed with the full scary part because nobody in my family has that diagnosis. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay, so <laughs> at the time that I was going crazy, one of the things I was fixated on was Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome because I was like, I think this is what's happening to me. And no doctors were listening to me. So I tried to talk to my GP about it. So when I was going crazy, <laughs> because also a symptom of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, especially the hypermobile type, is having a very attuned fight-flight system, which can, um, what's the word, present as anxiety, high anxiety, or being very emotionally attuned, hypervigilant, like reacting to things. <laughs> a lot being very sensitive. Does that make sense? So I had this in the back of my mind and I really, really wanted the research assistant to... I'd, I, I, and for some reason, I'd... I'd like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd made this massive like Pinterest board of loads of inf uh, research I'd found about it that related to me. So <laughs> I turned up at this clinical trial to meet with the research assistant 
having a panic attack talking about my hallucination with my laptop and this Pinterest board being like, I think this is what's wrong with me, please help me, talking at a million miles an hour and crying and not being able to breathe. Right. What's this clinical trial thing then? So, um, I've been in a few. I don't know, is it, isn't a clinical trial thing when they're like trial clinical things? Sometimes. Sometimes it's like you're like a participant and you have to answer questions or have your brain scanned or this particular one was to do with drugs. So at the time I was only taking SSRIs. I was taking sertraline, which didn't work. So this particular clinical trial I'd found because they were testing quetiapine or lithium alongside SSRIs with people whose depression wasn't responding just to SSRIs. Oh, what? You were kind of like looking for this? Yeah, so I was already enrolled. I'd been assigned to have quetiapine, but I hadn't been given it at this point. So you were like signing up for the quetiapine? Yeah, like oh, okay. I, I, was, I signed up for shit tons of research and I found out a lot of stuff Is that cause about like, myself. Is that because the doctors wouldn't? Helpful. The doctors were shit. <laughs> Is that why you started yeah, looking so, into that? So, you so I, start, I was like, well, no one's helping me. I'm going to help myself. I'm going to research it myself. Right. So I was also in another study which is looking at the biomarkers of depression. Okay. And uh, looking at uh, inflammatory markers specifically. Yeah. And at the time, my, inf- my uh, CRP levels, which is like this particular reactive protein, which shows if you're inflamed or not it was quite high so uh yeah it was a participant in that and that also was indicative that i might have hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome as that's something which can happen if you have it you have might have high infl- inflammation levels does that make sense yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I was supposed to just be going, seeing a psychiatrist, answering some questions, being given some quetiapine, because that's what I'd been assigned, and leaving. However, I turned up like high as a kite, manic, crying. So quetiapine is exactly what you needed. But... <laughs> So this psychiatrist saw me and he was like, and, oh, no, and no. Was like no, we don't <laughs> want to give you quetiapine. <laughs> and no, it makes no sense because when I did end up in hospital much later, Here's what did they give here. me? Quetiapine. <laughs> so he, was, he took me to A&E and I was like, I got... The psychiatrist? The, the psychiatrist took, took me to personally. A&E. Yeah. Oh. But he did say, he was like, there's no point in you getting tested for Ellis Danlos. They'll just whack you on a tilt table and just like turn you upside down or something like that. He was being super dismissive about me saying that. I thought that this was what was going on. So the more he dismissed me, the more crazy I got. Do you know what I mean? Because I was like, no, you're not listening to me. Like, you know, and then I was like crying more and... Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. like exacerbating It's an odd thing for a, someone who's trained to deal with people with mental health problems to, to do. <laughs> what they do? I was like 15 years training. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently he's like one of 
one of like one of the, the best. Top. Yeah, no, no, that's what they were saying. And like, I remember he had like long curly hair and he looked like something out of Game of Thrones. I can't remember his name. It's a monstrous. But if you're out show, there, so. I do have a hypermobility spectrum disorder, mate, and I'm gonna go to a dysautonomia clinic, mate, and they are gonna put me on a fucking tilt table test, and so I need some one. Astronaut shit. They like turn you upside down and stuff, oh, but shit. kind of, yeah. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm not even getting on a roller coaster, let alone doing that. <laughs> um, so I ended up in A&E, and my friend, who I can mention, Sarah, she's amazing. <laughs> Fantastic Sarah. Beautiful, wonderful Sarah. Isn't Sarah great? You've met Sarah. Sarah's good, yeah, she is nice when I met her, definitely. Yeah, Sarah's great. Uh, so, my friend Sarah, she's a pretty worldly woman, like, she's pretty amazing, like, writer, director, food artist, she's a pretty awesome lady, she's pretty well-travelled, done lots of stuff, pretty amazing creative lady. She's been around people with malaria, and she thought I had malaria. <laughs> So I can't remember that much, but I was in the Sony for hours and hours and hours. I lost the ability to talk for a while. I could only write, and then there was points when I couldn't write. Was that because of like, a physical thing in your throat? I or? don't know what the hell happened, right. but it felt neurological. Oh, like you're locked in or something. Yeah, shit. it like felt like locked in syndrome, exactly. It was yeah. fucking terrifying. This happened to me quite a lot during the episodes that I had. She said, and from what I can remember, that I, it's because she was there. I asked for her and she came, which was really sweet. She said that one minute I was like lying down, comatose, not able to move. Next minute, sweating like a beast, running around, talking a million miles an hour. And then I'd like conk out. It was very physical. All the scary shit that happened was very physical. In the end, they discharged me and they said that the crisis team was going to come the next day. Did they? And, uh, this, do you know what? I actually don't know if I'm going to fit in everything. Like, I feel like we're going to be Not here this for a million rate. hours. No, we've already been going an hour and a half. Are you being serious? Yeah, yeah. I got discharged from Maney. And, okay, this is when it starts to get dark and trippy. Okay, so... Two people were waiting for me outside. I can't mention their names because I don't understand what happened with them. So I'm going to give them pseudonyms, right? This is how we can cut down time, not to be rude, but like, just like, there's two people outside and they did this. Okay, we but don't even need it's pseudonyms. All, it's all, no, Unless no, no, they no. reappear. They reappear. Oh, damn. <laughs> so I'm going to call them Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Spike. Okay. And in my head, it makes sense. <laughs> And, yeah, I would just have to go with that. So Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Spike were outside waiting for me. I'd never met Spike before. Can I ask a question quickly? Yes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, is that related to how you felt like a vampire reacting to light? No, it's to do with their names. Okay. And... You did meet some famous people, eh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Sarah Michelle Gallo was there with James Marsden. Um, so I had contacted Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I remember, I remember texting her, but I'd never seen Spike in my life before. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, 
He's the most beautiful man I've seen in my life. And I was just like, oh my God. And then we, I wrote a poem about this because it like touched me. So this like, this whole night touched me so much that I wrote a poem about it. But it gets dark and scary and not very nice. So uh, we all went outside and we all had a cigarette because it had been very stressful. I was no longer like up and down, up and down, up and down. I think maybe I'd been given like a Valium or something because yeah, I must have been because I was like really euphoric, but like very calm. Might be a, so Z- maybe a, a Xanax. That maybe sounds a more Xanax, like a Xanax. Yeah. yeah. Um, not that, not I know. I'm not a psychiatrist. I I must have been given something because I wasn't doing all this trippy bullshit and I wasn't. I wasn't locked in or I wasn't... Things had changed. Yeah, I was just absolutely euphoric. Like, we were stood underneath this street light, smoking, and this light was just beautiful. Like, I felt like a moth or something that wanted to, like, fly around it. And I was, like, fascinated by this guy. And, like, stupid thing to do, we decided to go and have a drink of wine in the pub because that's what you do when your friend has just had some kind of weird <laughs> crisis, right? <laughs> Tell me more about this, these uh, moth metaphors, though. That's, that's my shit. What, moth if we're going to carry on with the old uh, Smith, the Smith the references, Smith? if we're going to go with a Smith's <laughs> motif for this podcast, then all those osis words say nothing to me about my life. <laughs> well, the moth just come up later because it, it kind of, everything sort of wove its way into the story of what I thought was happening later. And the moth, moth to a flame comes up a lot mm, later. That's my language. Aw, I should read you some of my poetry. You might like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not now, though. But So we went to this pub, and everyone was walking ahead, and me and this spike guy were walking along, and he was like, it's okay, I hallucinate too. I hallucinated a tiger, right? And tigers have a very special significance for me. So, like, my first birthday cake was a tiger face. My first word was raw. Born in the year of the tiger? I wasn't, ah. unfortunately. Let's but, just pretend you were. But though. tigers have kind of, like, a special... So that was like, whoa! It would be good oh if you said God. something like... <laughs> Your, your seventh, seventh cousin was murdered by a tiger. <laughs> no, nothing quite that exciting. Although my friend, <laughs> who's like some of her family lived in India, <coughs> when we had India as a colony. We? Well, not us personally, but the horrible British Empire had yeah. India People as a colony. People that we're now benefiting from. Definitely. It's not very cool. But she said that somebody in her family like trained tigers or something. So that just came to mind. But that's nothing to do with me. Um, so yeah, we were like walking along, and I don't know whether this was psychosis or whether this was real. But I felt like there was this like electric connection between me and this guy, and I was just like, I want to have sex with him. Nice. Um, and this is why I need to get more girls on the podcast. <laughs> No, it gets it gets very dark. So we went to this pub. I've spoken too soon, haven't I? And then, um, 
I remember he was sat opposite me and there was this protea plant and he was like like stroking this protea plant and I thought that was really um what's the word like what's the word I'm really sorry so like one thing that's happened to me since I've gone crazy is I have really bad brain fog and I forget words and it's really frustrating just make up words I thought it was really significant that's it nice because this plant represents like change is that the plant that moves when you touch it no it's a weird South African flower thing that's like feels like velvet and it's like baby pink but it looks like an alien oh I think I know does that make sense and I was just like I found out that he was an artist for a living and I was like you should draw me (laughs) I'm a life model is that that what does it for you I was literally like just well maybe maybe I don't know it's not a specific fetish or something but I just remember being like really forward and somehow me and Buffy the Vampire Slayer ended up staying at his house so this was quite late by this point and I lived the other side of London and I remember going in his bed. I remember taking a sedative tablet that had been given by the doctor at the hospital. I remember lots of hands. Don't remember much else. I don't know if anything happened or if it didn't happen. But there was three of us in the bed and I don't know whether any kind of threesome happened or something. This is Buffy, Spike and Yee. Yes. Right. But I don't know because I was so drugged up. And I was fucked up because I was psychotic. So this also feeds into the latest story of what I thought was happening in my life, if that makes sense. Because I thought it was all part of a conspiracy, but this all yeah. comes later. There's a lot of conspiracy. <laughs> a lot of conspiracy. So conspiracy. Um, there's a lot of like paedophilia, incest. A lot of horrible stuff like that happened in my psychosis. But I just need a Prosecco break. One second. (laughs) The next couple of days are like a haze because I was sedated, pretty much. Crisis team came round a couple of times. Then, because the flat that I was living in at the time had like a dodgy door. It was this crazy flat. It was like... A grade two listed Georgian Shit. house that had like fallen into disrepair and so it was like being rented really cheap and then And now it's falling into disrepute. Uh, well now apparently it's been made into um little bed sits. Yeah. Bed house. Um it's a really fucking cool house, but that's a whole other story. They came a couple of times gave me sedatives they, and I, they? yeah the crisis team oh, okay, okay. but then they couldn't get in to the flat at some point and I missed a phone call because there was some house drama tried to call them back and then they were like we've already gone and then I was going back to my family home the next day anyway and so I'm normally someone like you were saying oh I need to be responsible but I'm normally like <laughs> someone who's like super sensible oh, like okay. I'm a planner, I'm an organiser. I was like, joking when I said you need to be more responsible. I know, I know you were joking, I'm not silly, but like... I wouldn't I'm promote just, that sort of thing. <laughs> I wouldn't promote being responsible. Be irresponsible. No, um, 
So normally, like, if I knew that I had to, like, have all my belongings in the world, yeah, like, going to another place, I'd be, like, really respectful and have all my stuff packed and blah, blah, blah. But I let my family know that I was, like, really, really sick and they knew that I'd, that I'd gone to hospital and had this episode. Um, but I literally, I couldn't pack all my stuff. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't physically and mentally couldn't do it. So how come? I just couldn't. I, d- I can't even explain. Like I what, did you want to or I wanted to. Just yeah. Like, is there one of those things like, like I'm laying there. I want to do this yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. And like just physically, I couldn't move my stuff. And like especially because I'd been given these sedatives. Oh, okay. That's, it was really yeah. really difficult to like move around and stuff. So. They got to my house and all my stuff wasn't packed and it got it became this big drama and then we ended up getting like any highlights from the drama? Just my Not mum shouting at me oh, okay. a lot. Um and this is like cause she's turned up thinking you've should well, be packed and ready I to go. Don't, I don't know. It was all just moving a is a fucking ass. Drama. You know, can I tell you a secret? Once when I uh, had to move I hid under a cupboard under the stairs for about twenty four hours. I wish I'd done that, but there wasn't a cupboard under the stairs. Yeah, but it was convenient. This was all happening whilst my housemates that I wasn't really like talking to you properly were like sneaking around, and it was just horrible. They weren't being very supportive. Well, they weren't talking to me because they were being dickheads. But um, so I got all the stuff finally in the ta- in the taxi in the van, and. I just remember talking a lot, like, like I was so manic, like, and I, I had had some like really heavy duty sedatives, but I was still like, you know, and like starting arguments and I don't know. That's when you know you got superpowers when they're giving you some like heavy, heavy drugs and it's like, yeah. yeah. Exactly. You're gonna so have to give me an illegal dose of this if you want to do wasn't, something. It wasn't touching the sides. Then I got back to my family home, and things started to get even darker. So I started. I I got really fixated on certain memories from the past when things in my family were not very nice. Like I didn't really want to come home anyway, and I never do want to go home anyway because of various reasons so it's never exactly like somewhere that I want to be but I got fixated on some stuff that happened when I was in my late teens and me and my brothers went for a walk and I was like it was like all these memories were coming back to me and I was like telling them all this stuff from when they were younger and then that was convincing me that I didn't want to be in the house even more so I decided that I was going to leave and that me and my brothers were going to go to my aunt's house and sleep there which is like five minutes walk away we were all like stood at the top of the stairs and then we were like trying to creep down the stairs because I knew that it would like cause a big problem if I was leaving. Did, can I ask, did they have those like really creaky stairs that I... Yeah, really creaky yeah, stairs. Yeah, those are like... Did you know where the creaks were from when you were younger? No, because I didn't know. They moved there when oh, I was okay. at uni. <laughs> so it's not it's not my house, do you know what I mean? It's, right. It's, it's not my house. It didn't feel like... It wasn't like coming... No, 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 no. It's not my house. It's my mum and my... My mum and my mum's husband's house. It's not okay. my house. Um, so it's like coming downstairs, my brothers, my brothers are like 
21 and 17. Now? That Well, then. this was a year ago. This was this time last year. Oh, okay. Shit. So. Oh, you didn't tell me that. You could have told me that. Yeah, no, it's very recent. <laughs> this, is, this is like, so this time last year, I wasn't in hospital yet. This is a little bit further along in the, in the timeline than we are in oh, now. Oh, you should have told me that. I would have so been now, way less of a dick to you. Now we're like June, July last year, June-ish okay, last okay. year. So that's 2018 for anyone who's listening in, after in 2019. When we put this into in space the for the aliens to intercept. <laughs> Oh, don't start on that kind of. They do. They, you know, they did that. Really? Yeah, yeah. They sent like a capsule full of like really loads cool. of classical music and like all kind of, like the. They probably put the Bible, skipped the other religions, obviously, because it was NASA that did it. But you know, what I mean, they sent it in, out into space, I mean, hoping that someone could intercept like it and understand us. Of it, that's really beautiful. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But um, that, that's a whole other podcast, though. Carry I on. would love to hear a podcast <laughs> about that. I really would. That's the kind of thing I'd fall asleep to, I think. So, yeah, I was really, like creeping down the stairs. And then my mum and her partner heard that we were coming down the stairs. And it turned into this huge argument. Me and my mum ended up having a fight, like a physical oh, fight. Who won? Um, <laughs> my mum. She locked me in the house. <laughs> she wouldn't let me out. I was screaming at her. Like yelling I was like ah! like that like in her face like that's how much I wanted to leave do you know what I mean what and she locked she, just she locked me in leave. but I can see in retrospect like why she did that because she was scared I think that I was gonna like run in the road and kill myself or trying something. to keep you safe yeah totes but I didn't see it that way yeah and uh, my mum is a very loud lady, so she was like freaking out, as you would if your daughter was behaving the way I was behaving. <laughs> but the way that she expresses herself is very outward. She's a she's an outgoing. She speaks her mind. Yeah, totally. Yeah. She's a she's a very like like, demonstrative people. type lady. That's just who she is. And larger than life. I don't know. Do you think? Sorry, I missed that. My mum, is she larger than life? Ah, that's one way to put it. She's a she's a classic uh, Yorkshire lady. Yeah, so she's just... She's a just politician's answer as ever from a Simon. A politician's answer. <laughs> no, she's just... She's she's loud and she she's an expressive person, right? Um, and she was trying to call an ambulance and an ambulance wouldn't come and they wouldn't come no they wouldn't come um and at this point because she was being so loud and being so like the way she was trying to get help i was reading it as her making it all about her that's how i felt in that moment and so that made me go even more inside myself to the point where i couldn't talk again and i felt like i had locked in syndrome and I could hear noises going around me and I thought that there were ghosts in the hallway because I'd seen this ghost creature. And my brother came and sat with me in the hallway and he put his coat over our head and he was like talking to me in this really low voice like this. He's being really sweet, really calming. He was like singing silly songs that I used to sing to him because he's seven years younger than me. 
So he was like reminding me of all these like cute things I used to do with him when I was little. He's like singing these songs to me and stuff and stroking my hair and like just being dead cute. And I started talking about poltergeists and all this like energy stuff. And he was like, well, you know, maybe that's real, you know, and just, you know, just talking to me like a person. And because I started talking about like, I was like, I bet our energy is going to stay in this room forever and haunt the people who live here afterwards and stuff. And then he just started talking to me about some podcasts he'd been listening to about poltergeists. Do you know what I mean? He was just being like really real. Yeah. So Not in dismissive. The end, yeah, yeah. He was just talking to me like what I was saying mattered, you know? Yeah. Like not just like shut up, you crazy person. So in the end, I did end up in A&E. I think my mum had to drive me there, but I didn't want to be anywhere near her and I didn't want her to talk to me. Um, and I was hiding under his coat and I wouldn't come out from under his coat. Like, I didn't want to look at any light. And that thing started happening again where everything noisy was really loud. Everything bright was really bright. We were in A&E for hours and hours. I got put in this office. I was like sleeping on the floor for the whole night. In the morning, some person came in to get me. I was very, very, very disorientated. Someone came to get me, put me in this this office and I came out from under this coat and there was this mental health nurse who said his name was Steve. And he was a huge fucking dick. And I went out him. If anyone knows, I called Steve, who works in Scarborough, NHS Trust, who is a mental health nurse. You are a dickhead. So he took me into this room. I'd been waiting there all night. I'd gone through periods of not being able to talk and having some very scary experiences, right? And my family were really scared about what was happening to me. And he takes me into this room and he's like, this is the end of my shift, you know. You've got five minutes. What's wrong with you? Oh, my God. Fucking hell. And that shot me back into reality, mate. And I, like, I was just, like, trying to explain. But I started getting really angry with him because... Yeah, obviously, yeah. Obviously, (laughs) it shocked me back into reality. And I was like... And do you know what he said to me? He was like, you should have stayed in London. Why did you not just look after yourself? Oh. Let that hang. It's not cool, is it? That's not how you be a mental health nurse. Well, how'd you get that job if... What's what's these interview processes? He also (laughs) comes back into the story later too via the crisis helpline when he answered the phone and was like is this Freya and I was like yes because obviously I have a very particular voice so people do recognize me and he tried to calm me down when I was going to kill myself one night and I had attempted suicide before in that time frame which is in the future in this timeline that I'm talking about and he was like are you going to go have like a cup of tea and all this stuff and I was like I want to kill myself, Steve. Or what, did he suggest you have a cup of tea? Yeah, he suggested a fucking cup of tea. That is like, is that in the training? Because it seems I... like they, that's all they say to people. Or have a bath, go for a walk. 
Have you tried mindfulness? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I've tried mindfulness. Yeah, I do yoga, you knobhead. But right now, like, I'm in another fucking plane of the universe. I don't want to die. So... It is ironic, the use of help in their branding, isn't it? It's ridiculous. But anyway, so this Steve guy, like, really rattles me. And then I obviously didn't want to go home because I was scared of my mum because of what happened, because of the way that I was reading how she was responding. I'm not trying to say that my mum is a violent person or anything. It's just that's how I felt in that moment. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's not me saying that my mum is a violent person. But I didn't want to be around her right now because she had triggered me so much. Um, I, I, I do have a relationship with my mum now, but that happened later in the narrative. Um, so the only other person I could think to call is my auntie, who is the only other family member who has her own property. Like, because my grandparents at the time are living with my mum and her partner so the only other people I could call in my family was my auntie who lived in the same area so he let me call my auntie and she had to by this point this was the early hours of the morning and she was getting ready to take my cousin to school or something so she said that she'd pick me up but it was going to be another couple of hours so he just like let me walk around the hospital he was just like okay bye and I was wandering around the A&E department, like not even really knowing who I was, where I was or anything. Like totally disorientated until this really lovely nurse just like put me in bed and gave me some tea or something. I can't remember exactly what it was that she said to me, but I wrote it down on a piece of paper and I kept it with me and I've got it written somewhere. My like box of notes of stuff that happened. I, I remember being, still being like, really sick like quite manicky sort of and being because I was writing a lot of, of poetry which comes up later and I remember saying to someone like maybe my nana or something like I'm gonna write Steve a really vicious poem <laughs> but yeah Steve you're in need to sort, your, sort yourself out can I, can I share a tidbit of mine that you of just course you mind? can when I was in a mental hospital and they let me have the guitar, there was this massive dick called Ike, which I think I'll reveal in the episode I did of mine, which will come out at some point. I, I would like just write songs about how much of a dick he was and just like play them in front of everyone. That's amazing. <laughs> just, just like really simple, free chord, stupid, shitty songs. Because <laughs> there's loads of stuff that rhymes with Ike. You just set... Bike. Yeah. Mike. Get on your bike, Ike. You I can would imagine. I think we should make it Christmas number one. Nah. <laughs> the industry is too corrupt. Plus, Taylor Swift's new album's just dropped. Oh, no. Can we rhyme anything with Taylor Swift? She can. She's a lot more talented than me. Did more I of a Lady Gaga man myself, but... Fair enough. We digress. Do you like Lady Gaga? She's all right. She's all right? Yeah. What the fuck? She's all right. Do you know something about Lady Gaga that I really admire, though? Um, so, me and my friend Annabelle, who's a massive babe and who also comes up later in the story, we used to really love Lady Gaga when she was, like, on MySpace. Do you remember? I was there, mate. 
and I was there. We always, we always used to request her at this club in Scarborough where we're from, because um, they just used to let you request anything, and no one really knew who she was at the time. And I remember reading this interview with her, and she was saying how some guy had broken up with her, and she said something like. I'm going to become so famous that you won't be able to get away from my face yeah. or something. And she did. And she actually yeah. did. It's like Arsene Wenger <laughs> with the Invincibles and shit. Yeah, so that's that's something I really, really, really respect about Lady Gaga. Do you know what my favourite Lady Gaga song is? What? My Hair. I don't know that one. It's a cracker. I know. Boys, boys, boys. That one. It's like an <laughs> album song that people overlook. But I don't know. I only know Check like... Check it out, guys. It's a really early... Early, like, electro-pop stuff that me and my friend used to dance to. Any pop star who, like, actually writes their own music or has any amount of talent. No, she's a cool lady. And wears just meat. As a vegetarian, yeah. I've got respect. Yeah, I mean, she's a, she's a cool lady, but it's just not, not yeah. my jam, you know. Her time's over now, anyway, let's be honest. Do you reckon? Yeah. It's all Taylor's time. <laughs> I kind of feel like I might need to stop soon, but there's so much. As it's you, Freya, we'll do two parts. Aw, thanks, John. <laughs> but only for diversity reasons. For type, why? <laughs> am I am I a minority? Because I'm a woman. On the podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, why am I a minority on the podcast? And it seems no, like I mean the only like people I know are um, boys. Really? There's loads of girls on your podcast. No, it's just two. Sophia? One. By the way, if Sophia's listening to us, I want to be your friend. She lives over there. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. One. I'm she doesn't. She probably won't listen to it, I don't think. I'm jealous of Sophia's experience in terms of the fact that she could just go into the countryside. Oh, my God. You should go to Sophia's house. It's oh like some like, fucking spiritual retreat. Yeah, there. She's got like amazing. a fucking grand piano. Like, literally. Like all kinds of like everything spices, she says, I was just like, I need to be this girl's friend. Yeah. Like, also, she's like a multidisciplinary artist. Like, I, like I, yeah, Freya, yeah. I, I hate hippies, but like, Sophia. Yeah, but her. she doesn't she's seem awesome. like a hippie. Oh, she is. She seems, no... Hippie-ish, but she seems like I don't know, quite down to earth as well. I don't know. I just I want Sophia. I am extremely judgmental. Sophia, I want to be your friend. All right, let's go like another fifteen minutes. I don't know if I can do this. I feel quite just emotionally like, drained. Just put it, at, leave it at a point that's like a cliffhanger, you know. Like okay, all right. So <laughs> we've got to exploit you, so the listeners carry on. All right, cool. So I spent a large part of the summer at my aunt's house and I was pretty like away with the fairies. I don't know. like In a distressing way or just the kind of... In a beautiful way, but then also in a really upsetting way. And I don't know. A moving way. I don't know. It's very emotional. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. Like um, there was quite a few times like where that thing happened when I looked in the mirror and I saw myself like in a very different way and it was like but it was a couple of times when I saw myself and I was like oh my god I'm actually really beautiful and there was another time when I saw myself and I was like oh that's disgusting do you know what I mean but it's like very visceral and uh there was a time when I went I went 
I went for a run with like an old friend, Laura, who lives in our hometown. Cause she's she's gone back there to like raise her family and stuff because it's quite like a nice place to have children, I guess. Um, so we went for a run and I was <laughs> she was there in her like normal running stuff. There was me and I was like barefoot, running along the rock pools, like in the sunshine. Hardcore, hardcore running. Like, running through the water like jumping and then I slipped over on my bum and I got up again and I was running along slipped over on my bum and I got up again ran along slipped over my bum fell on my bum and I was like oh my god this is trying to tell me something but you kept going back <laughs> up yeah but yeah. it was kind of like you need to stop doing this shit that makes you fall on your ass yeah, you know like what I mean I got get back up and <laughs> I mean, you can read it in many different metaphorical ways, but... And I will. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but to me, at the time, because I was psycho, I did read it in many metaphorical ways. Whoa, like, whoa. What's <laughs> going on with all this psycho? Is it your favourite film, like me? Psycho? Yeah, yeah. Which, which Maybe this is a good point to end on. Just a little teaser. This is an ASMR video of Brighton Beach. What's that ASMR like? What is that? I think it's supposed to relax you. My little brother's boyfriend told me that I should do ASMR. What is that? Sound effects? I don't know what it stands for. Do you know what it stands for? What? ASMR. Do you know what it stands for? Mm. Audio. Something, something, something. Audio soothing me rightly. Nice. So, yeah, that's what it stands for. According to Simon. Oh shit. What? Simon. E. I just outed his full name. I think he always, he's already done that himself. No, he hasn't. I've listened to his episode before. How that's many times have you listened to it? A lot, because that's how, how we met. Oh god, millions of times. Nah, you can't miss it. No, seriously, times. I used you to haven't been alive long enough. To I used, to it I listened times. to his podcast to it's get like, me to that's sleep. That's the but longest that, episode. This comes up later in the story, oh. so it's it's a coffee and psychosis romance. It actually is. That's isn't a good it? point to end on. Yeah, that's where it leads. I absolutely detest rom coms. <laughs> it's definitely not a rom com. It's more like. Um, Ex Machina meets Black Mirror meets her meets Simon. Silent Hill. <laughs> Sounds about right. How how would you put it, Simon? A mess. <laughs> a, a massive mess. Yeah. Okay, should we end it? Mm-hmm. Do you wanna say something about Steve? Or I'm eating a toffee, so. I don't. Do you want to say anything about Steve? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Steve, Steve, I'd like an apology. Come on, Steve, mate. Written or like over Skype S or. Spoken word. What? Like. <laughs> yeah. Death jam. Everything. 
everything. Like a performance piece. Yeah. Of apology. Yes. We don't see enough of those. What could you not do a performance piece of revenge? Because revenge Possibly, is a, but a big business. It should have. With coffee.